Hello and welcome to the Radio Times podcast with me, Jane Garvey, and our leading resident, high-quality, vastly over-informed critic, <laughs> Rihanna Dillon. I try and give you a bigger build-up each and every week. Well, that was really lovely, although I, I don't feel like I'm deserving of it this particular week. I feel quite, quite underprepared, actually. Well, that's a brilliant start, isn't it? Well, I'm prepared. Welcome on board, everybody, to the Good Ship Radio Times podcast with somebody who knows what she's doing and Rihanna Dillon. OK, uh, what, what are the shows? we're doing do you, do you know that at least I do I do know this I have seen the shows don't worry oh good okay. um, so we have My Life as a Rolling Stone which as you can imagine is all about the stones yes. so I guess you either love them or you hate them well, actually I don't think I've ever met anyone who hates the stones um, I've met a few people who are in denial about how secretly they do like them. Right, yes, yes, I think I've met them. There are quite a few of them around. <laughs> and what else? We also have The Baby, which is on Sky Atlantic. I'm so intrigued to hear what you thought of this one. Yeah, well, you um, won't be intrigued for long. <laughs> we've got Apple TV's Loot, which is a comedy about a billionaire divorcee who turns her attentions from living incredibly well to doing good and then we have the new series of big zoo's big eats so if you don't know big zoo he's a rapper and he's a grime mc and dj and songwriter turned television presenter and chef so he hosts i mean i think it's supposed to be food focused i don't know if it does have a focus but he hosts this show anyway on dave yeah he also keeps his coat on Oh my gosh, it was making me just sweat looking at him in his apron over his coat. It was weird. That was just weird. I know there are some people... I grew up at a time when lots of old ladies kept their hats on in the house. Oh gosh. <laughs> like my nan's friends would come round with... They always kept their handbags on their lap and their hats on. Was it a lack of heating? It was just what people did. <laughs> and for some reason I couldn't stop thinking about them, these ladies who've long since left us, oh. I should say, when I was looking at Big Sue with his coat on. Anyway, um, I'm sure it's the last thing Big Sue would expect. So you've had a busy week, have you? I mean, judging by the way you're reacting to everything that uh, I'm throwing at you this morning, you're a little bit... Are you a bit jaded? Could you possibly have been out a bit too much? Do you know what? I actually haven't. Mike's been away. So, <laughs> so you've just... had to do all the housework? Yes! Oh, my God! I actually have! It's exhausting. Um, no, it's just been quite odd having the house to myself because he doesn't go away very often. It's right. normally me. So it's 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 been quite nice. Oh, you can't say that. I know. But it has been quite nice right. just just to just to do things on my own schedule. No, I I, I know what you mean. But yeah. you're not supposed to say that. Oh, sorry. Okay. But I'm really looking forward to having him back. Yes, she said that. She did say that, Mike. Okay. I um, mean, I got it out of her in the end. I felt it was perhaps a little bit of a long time coming, but she did say it. <laughs> oh, we've been nominated for a British Podcast Award. Yes, we have, and thanks to everybody who nominated us. How lovely! It's in the best branded category um and the I, British personally po- i'd take any category with yeah, you <laughs> i would i've judged the branded podcast before yeah a few Are years you a ago judge this year i am yes what in that category no oh i see okay. but i am a judge but not in that category but actually the branded is pretty competitive i'm quite i'm delighted to be to have a nod yeah well, i don't it, i don't think we've got a particular chance of winning to be honest but it's not about winning no it isn't no i can't go to the oh. british podcast awards because it's my hen do that weekend but um, are you going to go uh well i mean if it means i get to accept the award on my own and, <laughs> and take all the credit then i certainly wouldn't rule it out but i'm looking forward to it but as you say we have no chance and anyway neither of us care because it's all about taking part and it's an absolute thrill to be nominated in such wonderful company absolutely let's get stuck into the reviews um first up 
My Life as a Rolling Stone, which is on BBC Two uh, from Saturday the 2nd of July at 9.30pm. It's a four-part series and it's also released as a box set on iPlayer. Um, We've got a clip here. It features a man called Mick Jagger. He's in the group, yeah. He's talking about writing a hit song called Satisfaction. There's this pool and there's this motel in Clearwater, Florida, and I remember sitting with Keith and writing his song Satisfaction. Andrew Oldham said, this is like a number one single, this is great. Keith was like, oh, I don't really like it, can't come out as a single. And it went to number one, like, instantly. It was like a big moment. You know, it became your signature tune, your creed your sexuality, your controversy. You need to have that song that everyone remembers. Sir Michael Philip Jagger, who is a very, very venerable gentleman. He is nearly 80 lest we forget. And and, and it actually, is very easy to forget. Well, it is because when you see him on stage, and actually for me, there wasn't quite enough of the stones on stage mm. in, in these documentaries. I've seen two of them. Um, he's just a phenomenon. Yes. I mean, the guy moves like a guy who's 40 years his junior. Yeah. I, so part of it was hearing about how he learnt his moves or yeah. where he learnt them from. And it was from a lot of soul and blues. And yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, we Women. Could, we could get into this. Um, it, I mean, there's a... I mean, you could really make the case that the Stones have made a fortune out of... Black culture. Black culture. As, and black, as and did black Elvis music. as well. Yeah, I as mean, so many. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, because the Elvis film is coming out very soon and I thought exactly the same thing and how that isn't necessarily referenced enough. I do, you know, I think they did make a they bit do. of a point of yeah. it in this. What do you think? I mean, each programme, there are four of them, focuses on a, on a different member of the I band. I was going to ask you because I've only seen the first one, right. which is Mick Jagger's one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was so focused on Mick that I thought it must be... A different, they must do a different well, stone each the time. The second one is Keith, Keith Richards. Keith, of course. Um, How was the Keith one then? Well, it was really interesting. I mean, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger have together, like Lennon and McCartney, written some of the greatest mm. and most memorable songs of certainly my lifetime. Yep. And they are always pitched against each other. Mm-hmm. There's always these rumours that they don't get on, though they've fallen out. And they're clearly very, very different personalities. Yeah. Um, Mick Jagger does come across as a, well, as as a businessman mm. and as someone who perhaps, not through any huge enthusiasm on his part, had to take control of the band. Yes. Because things like taxes, when, when money, bill was not, bills were not being paid, mm. someone had to make sure these basic things were done. Yes. Quite important. And uh, it's interesting, uh, for some reason, the, sort of the idea of a front man doing that when... It seems unlikely, it? Doesn't does it does seem unlikely. Yeah. And, and that's course, very naive of me to say, perhaps. I don't really know the inner workings of a rock and roll band, but don't you? <laughs> it just sounds... When he was talking literally about having to manage the accounts and get the money and all of that kind of stuff, you think, but there is so much going on just being in the band, surely. How is he able to balance all of that on top? I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. And I will say, I think they have plenty of pro- proper business people yes. working for them now because this is a this is a massive business they've got going on Oh, my here. God, the franchise of the Stones. Oh, and it, they incredible. Talk, they talk about the um, the branding, don't they, of, of the, the... The big tongue. The tongue and the yeah. lips. And I loved hearing about how they found the artist for that. So it's not just solely focused on each of the Stones. It does kind of remind you of everywhere that the stones have kind of spread into culture. Well, interestingly, the voiceover is done by Sienna Miller, 
Did you? Oh my god, I was trying to Did pinpoint. You spot her? I yeah. was trying to pinpoint who it was, and I was like, I know that voice incredibly well, but who is it? Yeah, well, I went Forgot back to, look. to check because yeah. I couldn't believe I couldn't work out who it was either. And there's a bit where she perhaps rather pompously says, "The Rolling Stones provided a link between the counterculture of the 1960s and the commercial modern world." Mm. And having seen now two of these programs, I, I do think you can probably make a case for that. Mm. That doesn't seem unreasonable to me. What I, I felt was missing, and, and maybe it is covered in the later episodes, I would have liked to have seen or heard a bit more about how Jagger and Richards wrote their amazing songs. What was the process? Mm. Because initially they were just doing covers. Yeah. And then... Suddenly they became yeah. amazing songwriters. How, though? Yes. yes. And what, what was that process? And yeah. I, I didn't feel I learned anything about that, really. Well, I wonder if that's because they make a point at the very beginning of this documentary that they don't want it to be a run-of-the-mill doc where they have the same anecdotes again and again. They want to have something different. They want this to be a bit more out there or whatever. Um, and I wonder if that's just purely because it's been covered in, in other documentaries or that knowledge is already out there. I don't know. But that might be a reason why there's a bit of a hole there. For yeah, the sort poss- of possibly. How did you get to this point? I guess this is these are programmes that are not just for Rolling Stones fans. They're for people who are interested in social history, um, Britain's cultural history, and and just the, the impact that live music can have on a crowd. Yeah. What really struck me was seeing the recent Stones stadium mm. tours. Mm-hmm. The audience are their grandchildren. Yes. They are not people. They're not their peers anymore because their peers don't go out. Well, you say that, but my mum and dad, who definitely are their peers... No, they're not. Your mum and dad are not in their late 70s. They're in their... Well, my mum is in her early 70s. They're not... (laughs) Can I say I've met her and she doesn't look it... Yeah, no, my parents are very youthful. That's one for you, Wendy. Very youthful looking. Well, my mum and dad are going, at the time of recording, tomorrow to see them in Hyde Park. Oh, are they? Yes, so it's a proper... They are so excited. I think it would be a lot of people's bucket list moment, wouldn't it? And there's not... Let's be honest, there's not long left. Well... I don't mean on your bucket list, I mean on that. Yes, yeah, steady on. I know it was my birthday this week, but... Um... <laughs> Happy birthday, Jane, by the way. <laughs> Actually, speaking of uh, rock and roll bands, who did you go and see on your birthday? <laughs> ABC. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I, what they do try to do... <laughs> I'm moving on from that. Uh, because to my absolute horror, Rihanna claimed never to have heard of ABC, heard of... which just broke my heart. Yeah, the alphabet um, band, sure. They do try to slightly stir up this alleged feud between Richards and Jagger. And he, he, Keith's not really having it. No, he backs it off quite yeah. nicely, actually. He just acknowledges that the, he's an amazing... Mick Jagger's an amazing front man. Yes. And Keith does his thing. I mean, there is also... There's a relatively brief uh, mention of Keith's drug problem. I mean, he talks about his heroin addiction and, and he says it was an escape from the pressures he felt because he's fundamentally really shy mm. and this probably wasn't quite what he expected yes. when he joined this band back in the 60s. Whereas Mick Jagger has, as he says, has been famous since he was 17 and so Doesn't this is the only else. life that he knows. Yeah. And I do, you know, I do like that we only see the Stones themselves as talking heads. Everyone else that speaks about them is out of vision, Good which point. does yeah. make it kind of difficult to remember who everyone is and who said what, but it does give a general sense of the cacophony and the buzz around the Stones just you know it's not just sort of one specific opinion i think asif kapadia did this so beautifully with his amy winehouse documentary as well where he didn't have loads of talking heads and it was actually so much more effective 
I think that is a, you're absolutely right. I hadn't actually picked up on the fact that we don't see anybody except the stones. And which means that we avoid your pet hate when it comes to talking heads, which is them sitting down in front of the microphone. Shuffling around in their seat. <laughs> we do see a bit of Mick Jagger doing that, don't we? Yeah, I but think that's allowed. Even... Even when he's sitting down, he he has that... He's like a... I bet he was a real fidget at school. He's one of those people who just, you know, can't quite settle. He's so long, isn't he? He's so long-limbed and he sort of... I don't think he's that tall, but it's... He looks long-limbed. He sort of folds in his chair, which I quite like. This is a very fatuous point in some ways, but I wonder whether... (laughs) People don't use the word fatuous enough, go on. uh, Whether the Stones would have survived and would have kept any, any credibility if they'd lost their hair or just develop paunches yeah they are remarkably skinny (laughs) and quite hairy band now i'm not suggesting they've had help with the hair i mean it's certainly yeah mick is he's doing what paul mccartney stopped doing he's still dying Mm. and listen i defend the right of any middle-aged person to dye their hair but of course mick is some years my senior (laughs) i checked because i was fascinated he's six years older than prince charles Gosh! And that really, when you see him moving around, yeah. that's Mick, not Charles. Um, you you really do think, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Did you also notice the astonishing similarity between the young Mick Jagger and, and Harry, Harry Styles? Styles? Literally, what I've written down. I've written it down. Literally, too. what I've written down. Serendipitous. So I was in the office, uh, this office, uh, last week, and somebody came over and said that they thought Harry Styles is this generation's Bowie. He's not. He's definitely Mick Jagger. I think. I think he is. I honestly was really quite gutted when the end of episode one finished because I hadn't really realised it was a four-parter at this point. And I genuinely was in then, you know. I wanted yeah, to yeah. keep watching. I wanted to keep listening. I am... I This is a, this is an era that I think my generation who weren't around are incredibly nostalgic for, which is an odd thing to say, but it's definitely one that's been handed down to us. Uh, it's my life as a Rolling Stone. It's a kind of erudite and informed and... But rather sweet look at these incredible men and what they've actually given our musical culture, our musical heritage in Britain. It's actually surprisingly touching. Um, So My Life is a Rolling Stone starts BBC Two the 2nd of July, half past nine, and then you can watch the whole thing. It's a box set on the iPlayer. Now to The Baby, which Rihanna thinks I won't like. It's on Sky Atlantic. It's on Thursday the 7th of July. A double bill starts at 9 o'clock and there's another episode at 9.40. So here's an idea of what The Baby is about. This is a clip from the trailer. So what happens now? You had a baby, but you don't want a baby. (laughs) This isn't my baby. It is. I know I'm not your mum, and you know I'm not your mum. And I don't know what your game is, but I'm not playing it. You are not getting inside my head. Mama. You wait till their little personalities start to come through. Who <laughs> people have you done this to? <laughs> Who's this little monster then? The baby. Uh, it's on Sky Atlantic, and this messed with my mind, or what passes for my mind, so much I dreamt about it. Did you? I did not like the, the baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, hon- I honestly didn't know which way you were going to go with this one, which is genuinely why I was so intrigued, and I, I really enjoyed it. 
I thought it was Did so you? fun. Oh, how peculiar. Okay, make the case for it then. Well, so it's about uh, a baby who yes. may or may not be um, evil, essentially, because mm. people keep dying unexpectedly around it. And the baby's on the scene. <laughs> um, I mean, that is the premise of the show. And then one woman gets stuck with this baby and it, and it seems as though uh, this child just sort of gravitates towards different women and makes them be their mother and everyone around them suddenly refuses to believe that it's not their own baby. Well, everybody else in their life gaslights them into believing the baby is theirs. Um, So it's this whole idea of, I think there's so much in it about postpartum and um, sort of that aspect of very real things that do happen but then you have this real horror bent where you do have a terrifying really innocent sweet looking baby Baby. and that's the (laughs) which is I just think that's such a fun premise it's it's just and I I think because the horror is sort of kept to a minimum. I mean, yes, there are plenty of deaths, so it's quite gory, but it's not a jumpy watch. I wasn't scared watching it at all, but it did it did make me laugh. Not scared, but I was horribly unnerved. Right. And I was quite jangling by the end really? of the two episodes I watched. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not going to be watching more of this. Right. And I can't I can't pretend I will. I think it's really bingeable. Do you? Okay. Um I, I found it deeply un- it does its job of unsettling the viewer yeah. brilliantly well. There's also some really nice sort of comic characters as mm. well and gentle characters who who assist this like, do you want to just tell us more about the central character who's this woman who at the very start when we first meet her her mates are getting to that stage of life where they've either got a child already or they're about to get married and embark on that journey. Yes, yeah, so she plays Natasha. This is Michelle de Swart, who you might know from The Duchess Yeah, um, with Catherine Ryan. I think that's the only thing that she's been in. I think she's also a comedian as well. And she's incredibly youthful looking. Yes. Um, she's actually 40, which I is didn't realise. As old as that? She's, she looks like she's early 20s, which is or mid-20s, which is kind of what I thought it yeah. was going. She's, she's too old to be going out with the Rolling Stone, isn't she? But but yeah. But other yeah. than that, she's quite <laughs> useful. <laughs> I think the fact that she is sort of fresh-faced and we don't know her I think the fact that it's not an all-star cast yes. is that works really well in its favor because it feels really fresh and we're like we're watching people at the start of their career we're not we're not seeing them play against type because we don't know what their types are so actually I do think that's a real benefit to this program and yet uh, Natasha is somebody who I think so many women will and men probably are going to relate to because there does come a time in your life where suddenly there is this domino effect of especially as you I I think maybe more in London, but when you sort of hit your mid to late 30s, suddenly everybody in your life is getting married and then having children. Famously, three of my friends had babies in the same week. <laughs> so it was, it, you know, that that's a very real sensation yes. of feeling either left behind or um, a bit lonely and isolated because you don't have those same goals. Um, so I do think that it taps into that millennial fear really well. And then if she has a sister who is in a relationship and is desperate to have a baby. And suddenly there is this baby that's just foisted upon her. Um, I should say in quite preposterous I mean, when I say foisted, <laughs> it's very literal, isn't it? It, <laughs> it falls drops from into the sky. her arms <laughs> from a cliff. 
Um, yeah, so you do have all of those horror, like, oh my goodness, moments. Um, I, but I just think it's played really well because it, it could have been it could have been quite dour almost in terms of the themes. Mm. But I do think it is so funny. On a health and safety note, I was horrified that the baby is transported around in a laundry basket. <laughs> in a car. In a car. Yeah. Every part of me was saying, that's wrong. You need to get a proper baby seat, have it correctly fitted and it has the British kite mark on it. Yes. I mean, I honestly was... Uh, you can see why I ended up dreaming about this. What did you dream about? What because was Because I, I think uh, that you're right. I mean, this is essentially about, and it's hard to talk about this in some ways, having a baby. A baby is in itself frightening. Mm. It is a terrifying responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this show brilliantly turns our attention to. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I found it unwatchable because right. it perhaps it just too brought, close to home. It perhaps just my kids are well into their you know early twenties or yeah. late teens, but it's still there. It mm. never that responsibility lands on you and never leaves. And I wonder if the difference is that I've not had children. Maybe and that's so why you're finding it I'm much an more, easier watch. I'm much more entertained by it because I don't have any trauma associated oh, with it. Well, I mean, I've been extraordinarily lucky. I wouldn't say I had trauma. No, but I just, I just mean about uh, there is going to be some yeah, level of exhaustion and you know when it comes to having a child yeah i think i think maybe i perhaps i don't want to do this show a disservice because i can see it's really well done and i love the elements of really bleak humor in yeah. it and the quirky little characters who pop up and it's it's very it's a great script they've really thought about it i think the acting is good it's a really diverse cast diverse actually, people yeah we're talking about four shows three of them today are led by people of color which i think is even in the, since we started this podcast, I feel like that's quite a big shift. Yeah, I think things have really, really changed yeah. for, for the better. Yeah. So that was true. I did only noticed that when I was thinking about all the shows this morning. So that was that's really nice. And also within the show, it just feels incredibly representative and not at all in a. It's not forced. It's just it. Just, you know, this is a community that's very recognisable for so many reasons. The baby in shows like this, there's always there are always two babies, aren't there? Um, because health and safety means very sensibly means you can't have yes. a baby on set yeah so there are are they identical twins who plays the yeah baby? absolutely albie and arthur hills right i mean i always i mean they're great I'm they sure. just gaze i think it's they're so on they have such an unflinching gaze and i don't know how real that is or not but okay i quite like that the way that the baby just stares at her it doesn't it doesn't go full demonic or anything like no, that no, no it just it's just praising her just in, looks in a very cool way yeah <laughs> slightly calculating yes <laughs> you're right all very i mean albie and arthur let's let's i wonder what will happen to them in later life i mean i'm always slightly puzzled by i mean it's none of my business but by people who think okay yeah i'll, I'll sign up our kids to play Possibly the devil incarnate well, in a TV show. I, I, mean, don't, I don't it's know. A bit of, it's, um, I'm sure it's good money and they're not going to remember that experience. And by the time that they are at least three or four, they won't be recognisable as that baby. No. So it's a big thumbs up from me. Just a don't bother from me, but not because it's no good, but just because, like me, you might dream about it. And I'm just putting it out there. Okay. It's well done. It's very polished. It's just too spooky. End of. It's The Baby, Sky Atlantic, starts Thursday the 7th of July. There is a double bill that night, one episode at nine and the next one at 22.10. 
coming up later. You'll hear our thoughts on the Apple TV Plus comedy Loot. First, let's sink our teeth into Big Zoo's Big Eats. It's on Dave on Monday the 4th of July at 10 o'clock and their guest in episode one of this series is Johnny Vegas. And here he is, arriving. You all right, lads? Hey, hey, Good, gonna put them there. We know you like potatoes, yeah? You're from up north. Yeah. And you're an old white geezer. They like potatoes. <laughs> you love potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit prejudice. I'm sorry, man. It's, yeah. no, it's not prejudice. You know what? I've got them in my trainers. <laughs> Slice them up fine, I'll put them underneath, and they just... Uh, I absorb the carbs through my feet as I'm walking around. Just so I don't, I don't get judged. You know, people are going, bit early for potatoes, isn't it? <laughs> Johnny Vegas, who is the guest on the first episode of Big Zoo's Big Eats. And the setup here is that Big Zoo has got, he's got like a fast food van, hasn't mm. he, which he parks up in various locations. And in the first episode, it's Stockport. Oh. Hey? <laughs> well, you're looking utterly mystified. I hadn't, I was cooking, I think, while I was watching this. So I think I was slightly distracted by. <laughs> Mike, can beginning. you come back early? <laughs> worried about it. Right, so, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, got you. Yeah, right. And the guest, because he's from the Stockport area... Got it. ...is Johnny, Johnny Vegas. Vegas. And as Big Zoo correctly points out, he is an old white man, so I, he's I bound to that. enjoy a potato. That was a good line. Yes, it, it was. did make me laugh. Yeah, and I felt a, a bit of recognition because I also like potatoes <laughs> <laughs> in any form. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put them in my shoes. No. I, this is the thing, right? With this show, it was it was really quite fast-paced. There was a lot going on. Clearly too much for you. Well, a little bit too much for me, just because I, they start off with quite a fun rap, because we said, as we said at the beginning, he's, um, he's a DJ and a grime MC and all the rest of it. So he starts off with a rap with his pals. And his pals are Hyder and Tubsy. Yes. And then it goes into the kind of Johnny Vegas thing and they try and create like a dish around what Johnny Vegas loves. And then... And then there's a bit in the middle where it goes a bit bargain hunt and he sends these two guys off to try and find Some something. Some curios. Yeah, yeah, because Johnny Vegas loves that sort of thing. Mm. And yes, then I, they, I was a bit baffled by and that. And then they come back and then Johnny Vegas leaves and then they cook something else for Johnny Vegas when he's not there and then they present it to him and then he eats it. And I just honestly had no idea what was going on in this show. It was such a mess for me, but it was just because this isn't my kind of thing. I like to know a structure and I like to stick to it. <laughs> yes, crikey. <laughs> no surprises for Rihanna. Um, who is it for? I mean, it's on Dave. So, And Dave's audience are largely... Men. Well, yeah, they're not presumably not terrifically young men. No, I mean, the fact that it's called Dave. I'm not saying that because women aren't, you know, on... But actually, there are... F women are fewer and far between often on shows on Dave. And I think this is a really good case in point because there wasn't a single woman. But... It's not even that, actually. I just I just felt a bit old watching this. <laughs> Which, considering Johnny Vegas was on it, was <laughs> quite a reach, you know. Yes. Um, I did like the appearance of... Uh, there was some halal spam in it at oh, one yeah. point. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that was quite cool. Well, with the dishes that they make, tell us about why they make those. I, I didn't really... I mean, there was an eel sandwich at one point as well, which did not look appealing. Yeah. And then at one point they went incredibly upmarket and made a beautifully presented dish that would have been completely, I mean, beyond anything I could ever put yes. together. Um, and I didn't, like you, I was just a bit baffled by what was likely to happen next, why it might happen, and who was supposed to be watching this. I the think with the menus, uh, because if with a cookery show, it's like, okay, 
is this something that I can make at home? Yeah. You know, if I watch something like MasterChef, I might actually try out a few of those recipes. What? On MasterChef, would you? Oh, the celebrity MasterChef. Okay. Which no, is I, a lot more. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I like watching Nadia Hussain. Yeah. I like watching Mary Berry because mm-hmm. they, they operate at a nice, gentle pace. <laughs> They're quietly spoken yes. ladies. Uh, and they and they love their food and they present it well, but it doesn't seem beyond... I mean, I, I've actively made stuff yes, in both their books exactly. for example yeah same then you have the other end of the spectrum which we've talked about on the podcast before which is like the great british menu yes which i couldn't possibly no which you choose, couldn't choose it's to. not for that and so and we all felt a little bit lost watching that as well because we, again we were like who is this for um because that felt quite elitist and that's definitely not what this is but that's what i mean it's like am i supposed to be able to replicate these dishes or just look on and awe as they make really quite odd things with just different flavors which in itself is a really interesting mm. idea they make a guinness gravy for yeah. example and because that's what johnny vegas loves big zoo's big eats is on dave starting on monday the 4th of July at 10 o'clock. And we should say that Jimmy Famarewa has interviewed Big Zoo for the Radio Times magazine. Uh, So make sure you pick up your copy today. The cover of the Radio Times magazine this week is a nod to the Women's Euros, which start very, very soon. And England have got a really good chance in this tournament. And it would be brilliant if England women casually brought it all home before the men get round to doing it. Yes, it would. <laughs> it would just make me laugh. It'd be brilliant. And actually, I think their chances are really good. So come on, England. That's what we say. You've got our endorsement, which I'm sure will make your day. <laughs> um, so that's the magazine, which is out today. Let's talk about Loot. It's new to Apple TV+. Plus. It's available there now. And this is an interesting show, actually, Rihanna. Tell us about this. Yeah, so this is it's from the people who behind Parks and Rec. So you already know that you're in quite safe hands, yeah. I think. And it's, it's uh, Maya Rudolph plays a billionaireess who has just recently separated from her tech billionaire husband and actually it's really i mean it's, it's a very contemporary story isn't it yes. because they met at college or uni yeah. she helped him through all the tough times getting to the, in the garage yeah and now they're set when he yeah. was just a penniless nerd <laughs> she was with him. and there's a great line where she says to the husband just as they're about to split up i had sex with you when you had a weird body yes <laughs> which i wrote down for some reason um, <laughs> Uh, anyway. It's a great line. Yes, it will make many a woman chuckle. <laughs> yes, uh, and the ex-husband is played by Adam Scott, most well known for his role in Parks and Rec, who is brilliant. Also in Severance, so he's doing a lot with Apple TV Plus. Severance was so brilliant. Um, so great to see him in this. Really briefly, My Rudolph is really, really a great charismatic central character for this but it's essentially a sort of fish out of water type scenario where she ends up putting all of her energy post divorce or post separation into this foundation uh, like a sort of what is it a social well, it's a charitable social philanthropic thing yes but the funny thing is in the very first episode she doesn't know she's got one no <laughs> i mean we should say she she has a divorce she is utterly loaded yes. post-divorce as she clearly deserves to be because she was there with him at the start yeah. uh, but she has no idea that they've got this philanthropic charitable no, foundation. No, she is so incredibly out of touch. Yeah. So um, so she does slightly butt heads with Sophia who is played by Michaela J. Rodriguez from Pose who is brilliant who's kind of her foil throughout the series. Yes, who's utterly deadpan isn't she? I mean she doesn't make any concessions at all <laughs> to the woman who is her boss yeah um she just couldn't care less no it's great here's a clip we're going to miami why well 
since I'm new here, I thought, I don't really know everyone yet, and what better way to do that than with a fabulous bonding retreat? Okay, I don't even know what's happening right now, but we can't just fly to Miami on a random Tuesday, especially when we have a meeting with Council Member Saldana today. Oh, I had Nicholas call her. We're moving it to a Zoom. I hate Zooms. I don't get to show off my personality. How the hell are they going to see my sweet side? Sophia, look at everybody. They're so excited. Look, they're taking pictures of my plane. Don't take this away from them. It's all gonna work out. Come on. Come on. Fine. So is the central thing the relationship between those two or is there other stuff going on? Well, they do... Like with Parks and Rec, what's so lovely is that you think it's about... Leslie, but actually it's about the whole workplace. And I think that's sort of where this is going as well, because she goes into this foundation and there are a group of, I mean, which I don't know if you'd even call them misfits. These are all people who are enjoying working for a charity. Yeah. So they're all quite selfless, sweet, kind-hearted doing, people. Doing good stuff. Which is a good place to start. You know, you, you don't really have the typical office politics, I suppose, and all the negativity that can surround that, even in a jokey way. Um I think the the group of people that ensemble haven't quite hit their stride in the first three episodes, but I can see it opening up a lot more. I don't, to be honest, I don't find it overly gripping, but it's super easy to watch and it is very very feel good. And they're not reinventing the wheel in any sense, but I suppose I was expecting it to go further down the aren't rich people awful route and actually it doesn't do that that's not what this is about it's actually much deeper than that yeah i mean I, there are some good details though um in the first episode where when they're still married molly novak is with john who she's about to dump because he's having it off with because he's having an affair with a much younger woman and um he shows her around her new yacht yes and she's pondering the possibility of of getting a full-time crepe chef yeah and the fact that yeah. this is even a possibility, sometimes we do need reminding. There are some people on this earth who are living truly, <laughs> absurdly <laughs> spoilt, ludicrous lives of total luxury. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's all wrong. I mean, and also I should say that Seal is in the first episode. It does. And there's a really good joke around that, which we yeah. won't spoil. But it is th- this kind of sprinkling of cameos. Are kind yes. of there, there are enough to remind us that they are incredibly rich and that, you know, a celebrity cameo is nothing, drop in the ocean. It's easy to pay trillions to get a massive global celebrity to come to your party. Yes, I mean, there's also a running joke about David Chang, who is an American celebrity chef, being her personal Personal chef chef. as well. (laughs) That's that's a good line about that. Even if you don't know who he is, it works because you get the sense just throughout the show. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, okay. So I think that's what I mean. You got it, though. You knew then instantly that he was a real celebrity chef, the way that he was talking about it all. Yes, it's. this is a clever programme. It is clever. It? Do you think perhaps it might be too clever for its own good at times? Uh, what do you mean? Like a bit smug or...? Perhaps a tiny bit smug and with so many in-jokes that the vast majority of us are kind of slightly lost in there somewhere? I think it just... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is quite dense, I suppose, with jokes and with lines... That you, yeah, I think this is my thing about it not it not being so gripping. It's because sometimes it substitutes a, like a good plot line for a for a joke, which is a, yeah. Sometimes there's also I don't feel like there's a huge amount of chemistry between Maya Rudolph and the guy who's being set up with her, 
to be a possible love interest who's played by Nat Faxton. Okay, um, that character is, he is incredibly nerdy. Yeah. And it is actually hard to believe that she would be drawn to him. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't been yet in the episodes I've seen, but you can see that it's, maybe that's where it's going. I might be completely wrong. Yeah, I I sense that you might be right. Um, (laughs) And I suppose maybe she would be drawn to him because I imagine that her husband was back in the day that type as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. She turned him, you see, into this mm. multi-trillionaire successful bloke. <laughs> but without her, he'd have been nothing. But so, it is primarily about these two women yeah, who yeah, are yeah. just the uh, different sides of the coin but actually both have really good hearts trying to do the right thing. With her squillions. <laughs> so I think we both do recommend it but yes. we're also a little bit... I mean, it's it's more seven and a half out of ten than a solid nine. It's a really easy, fun watch. It is. It's, it's slightly mindless, which is great. Slightly. It's loot. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's quite pleased with itself, but then we did enjoy it. Um, it's available now on Apple TV Plus. Right. Um, Correspondence corner. What have we got? This is from Anne, who says, "Hi Jane and Rihanna. I wanted to recommend something as I don't think it's been reviewed. You'd love this drama if you haven't already seen it. Five Bedrooms. It's an Australian comedy drama TV series." I've never heard of Five Bedrooms. I haven't. So the synopsis is, Five Bedrooms is the story of five people at different times of their lives and they bond after they find themselves seated together at the singles table at a a wedding. I think there was also a, a film similar to this with Anna Kendrick called Table Eleven or something like that. And after a few too many drinks, the solution to all of their problems seemed to be buying a house together, a five bedroom house. Um, Anne says, love the Radio Times podcast. Thank you both. Thanks, Anne. I thank you for saying that. And also for I love being informed about shows that I've genuinely never heard of. Yeah. And I was thinking Australian TV series. I'm not going to be able to watch this anywhere. I'm wrong. Three seasons of Five Bedrooms is available to watch on the iPlayer. Who knew? Brilliant. Thank you, BBC. Um, yeah, because Australian television, perhaps we, I mean, it's all easy to get talking about soap operas, but Bump was another show that oh, I think yes. we both really liked. Yeah, you did. I never finished it, actually, did you? I don't think I did, but I do remember really enjoying the episodes I saw. And I think there's another series of Bump available on the BBC iPlayer now. Great, about the schoolgirl who gets pregnant. Yeah. and about Or her, actually has a baby. Has a baby. Without realising. Yeah, I mean, she's actually, it's one of the best first episodes of something. Yeah. I've ever seen (laughs) so I can't really explain why I didn't pursue my interest in Bump but anyway it's because there's so much to watch there's just too much telly but yeah five bedrooms thank you so much Anne love that yes thank you now um, quiz of the week time and we do have a fanfare here we go So it is my turn to quiz you, yes. Jane, on what we watched. So if you haven't heard this quiz before... Well, the premise is it's quite complicated. I get some clues or Rihanna gets some clues. They're usually TV related with a couple of current affairs ones lobbed into the mix as well. We have to guess the year. This is a good one, actually, the first clue. Because oh, even I remember this. The BBC made yes. a promotional film featuring a version of Lou Reed's 1972 song Perfect Day performed by various artists including David Bowie, Bono, Brett Anderson and Laurie Anderson. Due to its popularity the version was released as a single with sales benefiting children in need and it raised two and a quarter million pounds. Then later a movie too and then home Such a day. I loved this when I was a, yeah. Actually, I won't say <laughs> what age I was when I was primary listening to school. 
The second clue is BBC One airs Clive Anderson's infamous interview with the Bee Gees in which he jokes about their career and it ends with them storming out of the studio. <laughs> Here's a clip. Oh, like so there was a lot of ego problems at the time, yeah. and um, I, don't, I can't even remember well, we why. One at the same time called Don't Forget to Remember, which was... Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've forgotten that one. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, of course, We're getting yeah. on like a storm, aren't we, Clive? Yes. <laughs> In fact, I might just leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never had anyone walk well, out before, but... Uh, well, uh, we are. Toss it, pal. <laughs> so, anyway... Night, everybody. This is a Oh, well, I guess I'd better join oh. them. <laughs> well, well, you can stay and uh, just... Well, I'd love to, but I don't do impressions. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Let's have the Bee Gees. OK. Um, well, uh... It's brilliantly awkward. I do remember that happening, but the year is, so far, eluding me. Fair enough. Let's try something a bit more newsy. Diana, Princess of Wales, calls for an international ban on landmines, which angers ministers in the UK. I must begin by saying how warmly I welcome this conference on landmines, convened by the Mines Advisory Group and the Landmine Survivors Network. It is so welcome because the world is too little aware of the waste of life, limb and land which anti-personal landmines are causing amongst some of the poorest people on earth. Indeed, until my journey to Angola earlier this year, of which I'm going to speak this morning, I was largely unaware of it too. So I don't have any more clues for you, so have a think. <laughs> what year do you think this is? Oh, well, the fact that I know Princess I know the year that Princess Diana died, because so that, that was 97, wasn't it? So obviously before then, but I wonder whether it was the year that she died. Oh, dear. It's actually quite... It's, well, it's more than a bit sad hearing her voice talking about something as important as that. I'm going to have to say 1996. It's not... You were close. Is it 1997? It is 1997. Oh, the year she died. Oh, dear. Yeah, sad. That is sad. But can you believe that the Bee Gees were so far in their career? You know, you might think that that might have been at the height of their fame when they couldn't really take a joke, but the fact that this was quite late on, you feel like having had a lot thrown at them in those years... Yes. In 1997, was that really the time? To... No, I mean, of course not. I mean, you wonder whether they were just of a generation of so-called stars who were used to being treated with reverence yes, and perhaps, more yeah. respect than they really deserved. I mean, I like quite like them. The Rolling Stones would never. I don't, do you know what? <laughs> I don't think they would. First of all, the Rolling Stones would never have gone on to the Clive Anderson no, show because they might have been better advised or just been made aware that the guy liked to have a joke. <laughs> Come on, lads. That's the Bee Gees I'm talking to. Uh, lighten up. Uh, the thing about Britain is we do like people who can laugh at themselves. Yes, of course. And who the Bee Gees are British, they should know that. Yeah. Uh, well, that was 1997 then. Um, thank you for that. Now, if you'd like a list of the programmes we've talked about today and where to find them, you can go to the episode notes wherever you get your podcasts. Do follow to get episodes as soon as they come out. Uh, the Radio Times magazine, it often sells out. You've got to be careful. So one suggestion would be to go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash Radio Times and then you'll be assured of your copy each and every week. Don't forget Smart TV. It's the bite-sized weekly podcast which brings you the best of what to watch and anything we unaccountably might have missed. It's hosted by the Radio Times TV expert, David Butcher. So this podcast, the Radio Times podcast, is produced by... Something else. And it's for... Immediate Media. It is. Um, Now, Rihanna's going to be on top form next week. Promise. When she's recovered... (laughs) It's quite unusual because sometimes she has been out the night before and this week she hasn't, but I have. Oh, where were you? At ABC. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
forgot she's forgotten God. even that. Right. Uh, have a good week, everyone. I think I need a nap. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.